book in a bed. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of A Book in a Bev, my friends. <laughs> we are coming to you live on a Wednesday, not on Saturday. And we're not live for you. We're live for <laughs> I'm like, wow. we're not we're not live. My no, God, that would be a big no. episode. <laughs> So we are coming to you on a Wednesday, not on a Saturday recording, which is good because I got so <laughs> fucking drunk. I vomited all over my carpet. <laughs> so you have no idea how much editing Ellie had to do in the bottom half of that episode. You have no idea. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And poor Brownie was clearly the sober one out of the three. And you can just three see months. her. Yep. Her will to live slowly draining from her <laughs> as Georgia and I would make a joke about a chair for five minutes that inevitably gets cut out of the episode because it was terrible. It does. Oh, for reference, it was a joke about a chair being in jail. <laughs> for some reason, it was so good. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway. So, yes, we are back. And this week, I am not drinking. I'm giving myself a break. Okay. Your That's liver all needs I need it. To say. I think, and Ellie is, I think, doing the mm -hmm. same thing. Am I correct? You're correct. I'm still drinking my Archer murder inspired beverage. What's well, quite fitting yeah. for this <laughs> part mm -hmm. of the episode, I suppose, it is. isn't it? It took us three hours to get through part one, and not much happens in part one. Mm. We establish she's not killing people, she's got the hot spikes tail. And Dorian might have magic fingers. That's all we've really come to at this point in time. <laughs> Yeah, that's the recap of part one. Mm -hmm. She was like, oh, look, look, this is fine. And Nehemia's dead. Oh, yeah. Oops, yeah. forgot about that bit. Final sentence is, Nehemia was dead. So, mm. yikes. Cool. Yikes, big yikes. Well, anyway, we're all caught, caught up now, so let's strap mm. our titties in and get on to it. Done. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Selena is not okay. Because remember, Nehemia is dead, and she's just witnessed that. And yeah, it's a time. She's staring at the body. Yeah, and it's it's mm. it's cut up pretty badly. Like she's sliced and diced, like a a Hasselback chicken stuffed with feta cheese and pesto. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Sorry, I, I needed to find a reference where something is sliced up, and that was it. Because it's quite delicious. A Hasselback chicken mm -hmm. with feta and what? pesto. Pesto. Oh, don't knock it till you try. It's beautiful. No, that sounds absolutely delicious. Yeah. And dang, if that was if that was in front of me, I would just not if it was your best anyway. friend who murdered. <laughs> yes, and in fact, it's not a piece of chicken. It is Nehemia, and she's not stuffed with feta and pesto. It's blood, and it's she's not. Dead. It's guts. Yeah, her innards are outed again, and it's not her, great. Her legs went that way, and her head went that way. And her head went that way. Oh, for those of that don't know, that's the Aussies. an Aussie classic ad. Anyway, well, Selena starts to think to herself, she wasn't there when it mattered. She's getting flashbacks of when she wasn't there when it mattered to Sam. Everything's really sad and terrible, and other people start coming into the room and recognising what's going on. Dorian's there. And all she can think is that they did this. She stares at his neck and you're like, hmm, this isn't, this can't be good. This can't be good. And she starts putting her dirty fingers on his neck. And she's just like, I'm just going to squeeze just a little. Yeah. Don't keep move. in mind she has, she's legged it 
from fighting out a warehouse of people to save That's Hale. Right. She's legged it into the murder scene, so she is filthy. Yeah, she'd have a little bit of bodily, She's bodily covered fluid. in blood. Mm, delicious. Yeah. So Dorian's like, oh, oh, God, oh, God. But then Kale appears and she looks at him and is like, fuck off. Game on, son. She just launches herself at him. And yeah. she's just going ham because obviously bear in mind, as per the previous episode, it is Kale knew that something was going down and he didn't tell her. So she's like, this is on you, you motherfucker, and just gouges like a cat, like a kitty cat, down the side of his face, four lines, with her nails, with her claws. With and her manky, manky nails. Manky nails. But that's not all. Kale barely holds her at bay while demanding the guards stand back. And we get this quote, Selena, I'm your friend. She stared at him, panting through gritted teeth, her breath coming quicker and quicker before she roared, the sound filling the room, his blood, his world. You will never be my friend. You will always be my enemy. And then she plunges a knife for his heart, but it stops mid-air just before it hits his chest and a chill moves through the room. Then one of the other guards knocks her out really quickly. I wonder what that chill was. Super interesting. It's getting a little bit cold in here. Well, Dorian watches Kale carry Selena to the cells as no other place can hold her while she's pulling herself together because she's Remember, a motherfucking assassin. So it's either they put her in there or she goes cray-cray. Kale's face is still bleeding from those four marks she left on it. And that's not good. That's probably going to scar. He might need a referral to see a plastic surgeon to see what they can do about that before it heals over. He needs to go see Mark Sloan, but he cannot because Mark Sloan is dead. Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. Anyway, Dorian is freaking out that he was able to use his ice magic. Oh, my God. Like the delicious topping that it is. Anyway, he was able to use his magic to stop Selena from killing Kale. But in the horror of the night, it's just one more thing on the pile. No one's got time to deal with it right now, Dorian. Get your shit together. Yeah, look, it's a bit of a trauma sandwich. So Kale tells Dorian most of the story of what happened. um, And then we get this quote from Kale. I've never seen anyone move like she did. I've never seen anyone run that fast, Dorian. It was like Kale shook his head. I found a horse within seconds of her taking off and she still outran me. Who can do that? Isn't that interesting? She could outrun a horse. <laughs> <laughs> that is some weird kind of saddle club, that's for sure. Yes. She's like, hello world, this is me running. <laughs> you look out the window and she's going, keep up. <laughs> she's like, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> She's got two two ends of a coconut and she's like. It's like that. How people do that as a sport now where they pretend to be a horse and they jump over things. Oh, my God. No. That is actually, that is actually Selena. Oh, that is actually what she did. She did not, in fact, outrun it. She just magically decided pretend. to become a horse. I am the horse. The horse is me. That's not a real thing. <laughs> that cannot be a real thing. <laughs> That people are entering into competitions. It is. Oh, what is happening to the world? Anyways, let's mm-hmm. move on from that. When Selena wakes up in the cell, she is right back where she started. And we get this quote, 
The night she'd been captured, she'd also snapped and come so close to killing the person she most wanted to destroy before someone knocked her out and she awoke in a rotting dungeon. She smiled bitterly as she opened her eyes. It was always the same story, the same loss. I just thought I'd sprinkle that trauma in there because I'm now just committed to making everyone suffer. And now we don't have alcohol to help us through. Nope. And I will also apologise to our listeners because you're basically just going to get quote after quote for part two, but there's so much good shit in there that we've got to we've got to give it to you. We follow that up with when Selena is in the cell next to Caltain, and they discuss how Selena has ended up in there, and Selena is basically just destroyed by not only Nahemia's death, but the fact that Kale didn't tell her, and she's got that betrayal as well. We get these quotes that say she had nothing left to give. After she'd lost Sam and been sent to Endovia, she'd pieced herself back together in the bleakness of the mines. And when she'd come here, she'd been foolish enough to think that Kale had put the final piece into place. Foolish enough to think just for a moment that she could get away with being happy. But death was her curse and her gift, and death had been her good friend these long, long years. Oh, fuck. Then we get another quote where she's telling Caltain what's happened and... They killed Nehemia, she whispered into the dark, needing someone, anyone, to hear that the once bright soul had been extinguished, to know that Nehemia had been here on this earth and she had been all that was good and brave and wonderful. Caltain was silent for a long moment. Then she said quietly, as if she were trading one piece of misery for another, Duke Perrington is going to Morath in five days and I am to go with him. The king told me I can either marry him or rot down here for the rest of my life. Eek, that is not good. It's so weird because Cartain was such an asshole. She, yeah, yeah, and now you're like, oh, you've kind of, I mean, is it like karma? But at the same time, this is some fucked karma. Yeah, it's more than karma now. And mm. it's it's like she was so unlikable. Like mm. you were made to dislike her so much and yet you can still feel this empathy and be like, mm. I don't want that for you no matter how much I hate you. Yeah, and even even so, like Selena gave her her cloak. Like yeah. when she – and she's like you can – for Selena to be able to, you know, be like – yeah. Um, I feel empathy for you, you know, even after you literally almost killed me. Yeah. From there we get some more nightmare fuel with these quotes from Caltain where she says, My headaches are worse, she mumbled, and those wings, they never stop. My dreams have been filled with shadows and wings, Nehemia had said, Caltain too. So everyone's just hearing these fucking wings and getting these fucking headaches. Everyone's very confused. There's a gas leak. <laughs> There's a gas leak. Oh, my God. There truly is. Shit. And we follow that up with just more trauma because we get this quote. How long will they keep you here? She asked. Forever, perhaps. She wouldn't care. Let them execute her. Let them put an end to her too. And then basically Cartain tells Selena to get revenge on everyone if they let her out. And Selena vows that she'll do that. We move on from that and Selena then drinks some drugged water to basically disappear, disappear into oblivion. So that's really good coping. Coping she's, 101 from our main gal. Yeah, she's really not okay. I mean, no. fair, mm. she's just discovered her best friend was murdered, but it's going further than you'd think. Yeah. 
Yeah, like she is not doing good. And you've got to remember, like she's obviously got the grief of whatever has happened in her past, which we find out in Assassin's Blade in two books time. So whatever has happened in her past and then her being in the salt mines and then now dealing with the loss of her best friend and also the, technically the loss of Kate yeah, too. Yeah. Because she's like, that's it. Yeah, she's so like, she's I can't dealing go with back. Basically, like, she has nothing. And this is how she felt. You'll be able to see in future books, but this is how she, you know, she yeah. is left feeling when her last lover has, you know. So it's like she's back to square one. Yeah. Basically, that's what she feels like. <laughs> so she ends up letting three days pass like that, where she's just drinking the drugged water, barely eating, whatever. And this whole time, Nehemia's words are echoing in her head, you are nothing more than a coward. Ooh. Well, Kale ends up taking her from the cell one day while she's drugged and returns her to his rooms. He hadn't looked at himself and yet with the big claw marks, but he feels such huge shame. And the quote is, he'd realized it the moment Selena had turned to him in Nehemia's bedroom. He had lost her and she would never in a thousand lifetimes let him in again. And at this point, I'm still optimistic. Like, yeah, but she's just angry right now. If you give her like a month, she might calm down and come back to you. Because remember, I am on board this train. If Aiden knew that one of you two or Claire were going to die, or at least were going to be spoken, questioned by the king, who was literally a sadistic killer... I, and he didn't tell me, and one of you was, were dead, and I found you. You know, I'd be Pete on. would be fucking dead. Okay. That, that would be it. When you phrase it in that, that way, um, that, that <laughs> is correct. But also their dinner was just very right romantic, there. and I, yeah. Look, they did have a beautiful dinner. Mm. And that, look, five years of relationship, one beautiful dinner, I would take the did dinner. Did you dance? <laughs> did you, did you dance when you were posted on the guard in your black cloaks? Mm-hmm. And didn't. Mm-hmm. And did you cry and hold hands under the table to a beautiful face? Exactly. No. No. Therefore, your love is not true or great like theirs. (laughs) No. None of ours are. Then that's okay because their true and great love is over and it's depressing. And ours are still going, so. (laughs) (laughs) Who's the real winner? Her life is shit. We shouldn't be. It's definitely us. Her life is shit. Her life is very shit. We definitely should not compare. No, she's gone through some shit. She She has. She has. She has. All right. Well, we get the next chapter, which is short and horrific. Fantastic. She wakes up in her room and the grief swallows her whole. She learns that she was drugged the fuck out when Nehemia's funeral occurs. And so she doesn't get out of bed for several days. And I feel like she should have at least been given the decency of making the decision herself, whether or not she wanted to attend the funeral. I know she was like, you know, just trying to kill Kale, but still. Yeah. Like she made the choice to keep drugging herself, but she didn't know what she was missing. And if she'd known, she would have pulled herself somewhat together enough to go. Exactly right. But who was who was going to be the one to tell her? Philippa, Philippa, because she probably yeah. had it written down in her cooch, and she could have just pulled that shit out and been like, <laughs> "It was on the diary." It was in the diary, stored in the cooch. <laughs> the cooch diary. Um. Anyways, we go to the next mm. chapter, and we get another little like snapshot chapter, like how we got when Rena Goldsmith died in part one. It's this chapter where we're in the point of view of a slave in Calcutta as they learn about Nehemia's death. 
and they mourn and they feel hopeless. Basically, they all hit fuck it. The slaves hit fuck it. And we get this quote where it's, Silently, she began to recite the names of her dead, and as the overseer raised his whip, she added her name to the end of that list and swung her axe into his gut. This is the the second death in this book where, like, same type of chapter with Rena, she was reciting her list of the dead, and this is the second death we get where they're reciting the names of the dead as they die at the hands of Ardlan soldiers. Just FYI. Just, like, this... Just putting this... it out there. This whole fucking God, it's just so rough. Mm. It's just so rough. Like in other books, you get things where someone dies and you mourn them and they get sad and then they come out and it's like, we've pulled ourselves together. Um, She's not pulling herself together for a solid fucking while. She's really struggling. Actually, that's something that I did notice as well, especially in Akatar with Feyre and her spiral into depression. She does write this type of trauma really well. And like how characters are feeling all the feels and moving through all the different stages. It's something yeah. I really enjoy. Other than like if you compare it to Kingdom of the Wicked Cursed, mm. when like her twin mm. sister dies and she's immediately like vengeance. Like, yeah, she's it it's like brief flashes of grief, but it's overshadowed by other stuff and it's mm-hmm. like, well, you just you literally found like your twin sister's body scooped, like, dead with her heart scooped out and you're not scooped. fucked? Scooped. Yeah. It, you, you, you've, just, you've just seen your dead sister's body scooped. <laughs> yep. Bodies scooped. So we move on to the next chapter and we find out that Kale's face is definitely scarring. And Kale is trying to piece things together, but, like, what can he do, really? It's basically he's done what he's done and he can't go back. That's it. Yep. And it's even worse now because his father has now been summoned to Rifthold, uh, which means he has to face his ongoing daddy issues, which Woo. Uh, then we are in Dorian's POV and things are changing. His father could go to hell for all he cared. And that was starting to be a problem. He realized as he sat in, in his tower room and flipped through all the documents he had to read before tomorrow's meeting with the Southern Lords. He had spent so long being careful to avoid defying his father, but what sort of man could he call himself if he blindly obeyed? A smart man, part of him whispered, flickering with that cold, ancient power. Oh, yes, we love, we love it. Yes, transitioning into, like, majestic King Dorian. Yes. We love, best that. we love that vibe. He's on the journey of finding himself. <laughs> he is. He is. Um, he's just <laughs> looking into the mirror, saying his daily affirmations, manifesting his <laughs> dream life. You are strong. You are powerful. You can not fall in love with a girl instantly. You can <laughs> set proper boundaries. Take your time <laughs> with a relationship. <laughs> Just you wait, this boy. <laughs> he will find someone else to latch his claws into. Oh, he has so much love. He needs yeah. like a, a pet or something, but then like you could take that sexually and that's you don't want that. <laughs> no uh, we do not care no, for bestiality no, on this podcast. No. That's a note from no. us. No, some of us may no. be st- starting to read monster romance, but that's very different. Monster romance? I wonder who that is. Is this is this the one about the dragon with the two penises? That is one that I've read. I'm going to start reading The Kraken's Sacrifice by Katie Roberts, which is another book in that series of Katie Roberts, which is a kraken. And there's some not safe for work fana on 
Katie Roberts's Twitter. If anyone wants to look at it, I'm looking at you, listeners. Um, <laughs> and it definitely does involve tentacles being in places where tentacles may not usually be. Oh, Ellie's face right now. Ellie's not ready for no. the monster romance yet. But we're gonna we're gonna start off easy with monster romance. Okay, we're going to start off with Ice Planet of the Barbarians. Yeah, and go from there. So look forward to that, guys. We will be coming with Ice Planet of the Barbarians very soon. Yes. Scared for my own well-being. Yeah, you you probably should be. Yep. Um, And we're going to make you do it anyway. (laughs) Absolutely, we will. Okay. So Dorian hasn't been able to control his magic basically since stopping Selena from killing Kale. But he wonders if with Nehemia's death, if his hopes of understanding the magic has gone too. Because obviously him and Nehemia had that conversation where where she she was was like, when the time comes, she she was finger painting on his chest. She was drawing little dictations. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So obviously they were having that chat and uh, she said, when the time comes, come come and ask me. And uh, she she dead. She's gone. She eated. Her innards were scooped. Time is passing, and the only change for Selena is that she has thought about avenging Nehemia, basically. She doesn't want to die before she makes this fucker pay, which is awesome. She's basically thought long and hard and realises that she knows who who did it. The way in which Nehemia was killed, she's like, this is too familiar. I've seen the way that this person kills. And you remember Grave mm. from book one? Mm-hmm. Mm, that, that fucker, the one with the hanky, the hanky. Oh, that, that was like yeah, the hanky. hanky bam. Yeah, you remember him? Mm. Yeah. She whooped his ass, mm. and he, uh, yeah, this is this is his his next move. He must have a tiny penis. Mm. Obviously, yeah, there's no other reason <laughs> yeah. for it. Cannot have another size. So we go from this moment, and this next chapter gets super dark, super quick. Like you get this quote. There would be no candles for these midnight deeds, no ivory horn to signal the start of this hunt. And you're like, okay, that's a tonal shift, but okay. Selena knows that she's being guarded and so takes the shortcut secret tunnel out into the city. And we get another quote. It was war upon them all. Let them tremble in fear at what they had awoken. Uh-oh. Again. Big tonal shift. Like, oh, wow. Okay. Mort sees her. She's going through the tunnel and apologizes for Nehemia's death. But Selena doesn't care. She ends up raiding the tomb for weapons. And once she is, like, masked, cloaked and armed, she begins her hunt. And once she found out where Grave was hiding, she'd turn his skin inside out. Worse than that, actually. She plans on scooping out his insides. Who scoops it? Scoops. Oh, my God. She's a scooper, too. She's a scoop. scooper. Scooper trooper. <laughs> She's a scooper trooper. Um, <laughs> so she ends up going to, like, this seedy bar where the filth of the city exchange stories, and she's expecting to find Grave bragging about the coin he earned from killing Nehemia, and she's not wrong. But even fully masked up, so no one can tell who the fuck she is. And she comes in, but the barkeeper recognizes her voice and is like, I am shook. What do you need, son? What do you need? And she begins asking questions and finds that the answers are coming quite easily when you're scared for your life. And then, horrifyingly, we're in Graves' point of view, which isn't a good sign, and he's already no. running. 
So turns out Selena found him and he's trying to do the good old zigzag through the city streets to like wear her down because he's got this plan. He's like, I'll get her to a quiet street and then I'll take her out because like I obviously have this great history taking her on. Should be fine. Mm. Um, yeah, he's like, absolutely. Yeah. He's like, no alarm bells here. I just want to take my time making her suffer. Cool. Selena does not agree to this plan. It was not on her itinerary or in her diary. So... <laughs> it was not in her cantire. No. Cantire. She had no. not put that in her regime for Philippa to then It was not on the Google calendar. No, it um, was not. So Philippa did not grab that itinerary. She did not. So <laughs> there, he's basically cornered in this street and he's like, yes, fantastic. And she's like, absolutely not. Cuts his shins so he can't use his legs. Then impales his arms to the walls with daggers. And hmm. we get this quote. He swore at her the filthiest word he could think of, which was probably cunt, if we're honest. And she chuckled, which we would. And faster than a striking asp, she had one of his arms against the wall, the dagger glinting, pain ripped through his right wrist, and then his left, as it too was slammed into the stone. Graves screamed, truly screamed, as he found his arms pinned to the wall by two daggers. His blood was nearly black in the moonlight. He thrashed, cursing her again and again. He would bleed to death unless he pulled his arms from the wall. And she's like, well, that's the actual plan, Grave. I want you to die. <laughs> so That is, in fact, the plan. That was on and the itinerary. It was in the Kantari. It was. It was. It was on the Kantari. Philippa did re- re- recite that to Grave her this death. morning. Yep, it's on there. Also, Loved the description of her, what she, you know, she she comes out striking like an asp, you know, it's, it's really What's an it's asp? Beautiful. It's a snake. Oh, I thought it was meant to be wasp, but that we just forgot the W. So you just assumed asp was the correct pronunciation and you just made up an animal to go along with it. You're like, you're like yep, yeah, asp. Was, like that you guys all just went with it as well. You were like, absolutely, whatever you say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're leading with confidence. <laughs> That's all we need. It's it's mentioned in Assassin's, Assassin's Blade, Blade. Yeah. yeah, about her training and stuff. So the next chapter, Dorian is bored in a council meeting, but to no one's shock, Selena mm-hmm. rocks up. Well, actually, I think everyone is a bit shocked because they've they're just seen her being really depressed for the last, like, two weeks. Selena appears. Mm-hmm. She walks into the meeting, and we get this quote. Kale was already striding across the room from his post by the door. But he, too, stopped when he beheld the object she carried ahead. The man's face was still set in a scream, and there was something vaguely familiar about the grotesque features and mousy brown hair that she gripped. It was it was hard to be certain as it swung from her gloved fingers. Damn, sis. Yeah, that, that's grave. He didn't get a hanky this time, no. He did he not get the hanky. hanky. He's lost hanky <laughs> privileges. Go hanky-panky for him. <laughs> <laughs> no hanky-panky anyway, for him. No hanky-panky. So Selena basically discovered who paid Grave and she loves a fucking dramatic entrance. So she just like plops the head down in front of the minister and is like, well, aren't you a fucking idiot? I half expected her to get like the head and have the jaw and be like, hi, boss. <laughs> like you make it talk. <laughs> and they're just like, Whoa. <laughs> so, yes, uh, Selena basically says that she's taken out all 15 traitors to Adeline. 
After a moment, his father looked up from his list and surveyed her. Well done, champion. Well done indeed. Then Selena and the king of Adelan smiled at each other, and it was the most terrifying thing Dorian had ever seen. Ooh. Fair. Yeah. Like, the potential yeah, if Selena allied with the king, horrifying. Holy. That's it. That's it for the world. It Game was over. Mm-hmm. Mm. I just really love that when Kale's trying to be like, what the hell are you doing? And she's like, your motherfucking job. That's what I'm doing. Found yeah. the murderer. Yeah. He is his yeah, I've only head. been drugged out for a couple weeks, and yet I've still done your fucking job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's people like, in positions of probably, power. No, yeah. you don't. It's probably just also adding to, like, her list of hatred for Kale at this point as well. She's mm-hmm. probably just like, I've just found this killer in under two, like, uh, like under a day, basically, since she's been back on it. Yeah. And, like, what the fuck have you been doing, you dumb fuck? And remember, she's the one who solved the murders in the first book. She was the one that discovered it was Kane. What does Kale actually do? Mm-hmm. He delegates. Hey, that's it. That is literally all well, he's he does. he's really not delegating problems. Mm-mm. He's definitely one of those people that's, like, in management mm-hmm. and they get paid a fuck ton to do fuck all. Mm-hmm. So Selena then leaves with her payment. So the king's like, here, have double the amount of money I usually give you for a month. And she's like, yes, thank you. And she goes to visit Archer. And we end up finding out the list of names she had was the men that she'd killed in the warehouse, which is fitting. That's very clever and convenient of her. Mm. And then he tries to convince her to help them. Mm. And she's like, hmm. She tells him he has five days to prepare himself to fake his death. He is shocked because doesn't she want to help them after everything that what's happened? And it's like, (laughs) I actually don't care about anything in the world anymore. And maybe I would have been in the castle to stop the murder of my best friend if it weren't for you. So just no, Archer, no. Fake your death or I will kill you. Like the nerve of that bastard. To be yeah, like, he's like, actually, oh my god, don't you want to give more? Yeah, mm. why is given enough? I always knew there was something up with him, and he wasn't quite being truthful. But I didn't actually pick the link when I was. Yeah, you're like something's not quite right, but I can't, I can't pick what it is. And mm-hmm. you're getting all these little drip drabs of like, you know, she thinks she's surprised him, but she hasn't, or like he's quickly drawn a weapon or mm-hmm. he defends himself better than she thought, or he's quieter. And you're like, what's going something. on here? Something's not, yeah, something's odd here. Mm-hmm. But we don't know yet. We're now in Kale's point of view and he is meeting with his daddy. Daddy is a snake. He tries to belittle and bully Kale, all the while making derogatory comments about Kale's mother and younger brother. And it's like, dude, take your misogyny and leave it at the door. God. Yeah. But as well, it's like, why, why do people do this? Why do you stay with someone and just whinge about how fucked they are? Like, he's just like, my wife is a dumb cunt. My son is shit. And you're like, so why? <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. Remove yourself from the situation if you're that miserably unhappy with the people you surround yourself with. Kale's daddy. He needs some family therapy. Yes. Hmm. 
Ultimately, his father is trying to convince him to return home to be their heir in Anil, which is kind of like you're not going about it in the right way, my friend. Like, not at all. It's like not- nagging. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. So the quote is, I have worked for 10 years to be in this position, and it'll take far more than a few taunts from you to get me back to Anil. And if you think Taryn is weak, then send him to me for training. Maybe here he'll learn how to- how real men act. Real I'm men also- don't tell their girlfriends things. <laughs> <laughs> we hide our feelings. Real men don't do their job. <laughs> no, we yes. like to delegate. I also think it's Anel. Oh, fuck. Anel? 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 I think it's yeah. Anel. Listen- Anel! <laughs> Anel! Listeners, sorry, I did pronounce it incorrectly. It's actually Anel. Um, <laughs> yeah. Going no, forward. Just... Next chapter, Selena goes to Nehemia's rooms, um, which she just really likes to make herself suffer, doesn't she, our girl? Yeah. <laughs> but after she has, you know, had a breakdown and burnt all of her clothes that reminded her of Nehemia, she's like, yeah, this is a good time for me to go to see. Yeah, she's room. like, this does um, not bring me joy, Ben. And pack up all <laughs> She did. She Mary condoed the shit out of it. <laughs> she was like, Philippa? She did. Philippa. Yeah. This does not bring me joy. Set it on fire. <laughs> this was on my list this morning that you took out of my coochie. I told you to burn all these. Oh, my God. I love uh, that Philippa's now taking so, it out of the coochie herself. <laughs> She's like, God damn, it's not good conditions down here. How my role has evolved. I just used to be a servant before you came. I don't think I'm getting paid the award rate for this. No. I mean, at least she's doing better than what Nehemia's staff were doing. <laughs> they were being oh, destroyed. No. They're all dead. They're they all were dead, dead next anyway. to her. Look, the synopsis of this book, they're all dead. Everyone. Dead, dead, dead. <laughs> Everyone's dead. Dead, dead, dead. I so, promise yes. we're actually sad about Nehemia's death, but we've also just had a very traumatic week and we're kind of just pushed over the line now. Mm-hmm. So very sorry. We are exactly. sad, I promise. When real life becomes more it's traumatic like, than like... book life, sometimes you've just got to laugh at little shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I am sad about everyone's death, but will I ever show it? Absolutely, Absolutely not. not. So, yeah, Selena has gone to pack up Nehemia's clothes and jewellery, basically to return it all to her family. In the process of doing this, she finds her desk full of word marks and the book from Davis's office as well, which she's like, oh, for fuck's sakes, Nehemia. Mm. But it was, in fact, an older edition of the same book. But inside there was a message, and the message is, do not trust. The final symbol, though, was a mystery. It looked like a wyvern, the royal seal. Of course, she shouldn't Hold trust. Hold on. A wyvern? <laughs> yeah. Isn't it a wyvern? A wyvern. No, it's a wyvern. <laughs> I thought it was a wyvern. They're wyverns. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> a wyvern? My life is shook. So. Anyways, yes. sorry. So if we're saying it wrong, uh... Neither of us really cares. Nah. So we're just going to say it. Fuck it up. <laughs> so the quote is, do not trust. The final symbol, the final symbol, though, was a mystery. It looked like a wyvern, the royal seal. Of course, she shouldn't trust the king of Ardalan. She flipped through the book, scanning for it for any information. Nothing. 
And then she turned to the back cover, and there Nehemia had written, it is only with the eye that one can see rightly. And Selena basically remembers when Nehemia told her not to think about it, but it she was actually lying to her to conceal her work with the rebel group, which, you know, just top off Selena's already great, great mood. And she basically promised Selena that there would be no more secrets, and she lied. She's a liar. And this just spirals Selena down a tunnel of hatred for the world. Yep, that's fair. Selena realises that the whole, the only with the eye you can see thing is about something else. So she ends up racing to the tomb past a very unhappy Mort and fits the hilt of the sword of Damaris to this particular hole in the wall that she'd seen before where she'd tried to put the eye of Elena. And she looks through it and there is like this huge ass poem on on everything. So the poem is By the Vulg three were made, of the gate stone of the word, obsidian the gate the gods forbade, and stone they greatly feared. In grief he hid one in the crown of her he loved so well, to keep with her where she lay down inside the starry cell. The second one was hidden in a mountain made of fire where all men were forbidden despite their great desires. Where the third lies will never be told by voice or tongue or sum of gold. Interesting. 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 Super interesting. Riddles. It just reminds me of the riddle within Akatar, which we all guessed in 10 minutes. <laughs> so do, do you guess where all three of them are? Well, I, not where all three of them were from the first reading, certainly the one in the cell. But, yeah. Well, we don't really know what they are yet either. We haven't found out that they're kids. Yeah, at this stage of the book, we don't know what they are. No. But... So I knew there was something in the cell. And obsidian, I remembered they were talking about the rings being mm. this obsidian. But then I can't remember what the last one was, so I don't think I even thought about that one at all. But anyway. Nothing to see here. What is the last one? Now I'm intrigued. <clears throat> where the third lies will never be told by voice or tongue or sum of gold. Well, that gives no clues. Right, as of now, I don't know what that could mean. I'm thinking, is it in Mort's mouth? Because surely he doesn't have a tongue. Because <laughs> it's, it's not I see told. where you're going with mm. that. So it's not by voice or tongue. It's not. To- okay, I see where you're going with that. Yeah, I feel like it's not. I wasn't mouth, expecting so. you to go there, but I, <laughs> I see it. <laughs> Look, most people aren't with my trains of thought, but that's okay. <laughs> okay. Well, Selena then asks Mort. He, she doesn't reach in and look for a key. She's like, open up. <laughs> open up for mummy. Here comes the choo-choo train. <laughs> and she's got a dagger. She's like, choo-choo. <laughs> no, Selena asks Mort about Problem, the riddle, um, but ends up finding out that Nehemia had been to the tomb multiple times before Selena had brought her there, and that just hurt Selena even more. Oh, so God. she was she was keeping a lot of secrets, that girl. It's not getting better, is it? It's really not. And I kind of think, like, why did she keep so many secrets? Like, surely they could have had a stronger alliance from the moment Selena was crowned champion. I know she potentially wasn't ready for it, but still. And, like, I get it. She was the hand of the king, the king's assassin doing stuff. But once Nehemia knew she wasn't actually killing people. Exactly. And she, like, I'm assuming Nehemia knew who she was from the beginning, or at least assumed and took an educated guess, especially if Archie knew. So, uh, anyway... 
That's all right. She thinks the three objects mentioned in the poem are what the king is looking for and decides that maybe she'll go off on a journey to find them. We love this type of trope where we get to go on a quest to go find things based off of a riddle. Absolutely. We're here for it. But right now, grief is overcoming Selena. She's, she potentially might not need a quest in this very moment. But mm. Elena comes to comfort her. And it's a very, very sweet moment because, I, in my opinion, Elena is still her grandmummy at this stage. I know she's not. Grandmummy, it's me, Anastasia. <gasps> yeah. Bless. Sad, depressing Anastasia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It took me so long to register what just happened. Didn't oh, have the usual gusto. No, the tone, the tone no, is mellow. Didn't. That's why. You just say the word grandmummy and I'm like, it's Anast- I'm like I have to say Anastasia yeah. after that. Oh, Which really, when you, you think about it, Throne of Glass is actually an Anastasia retelling rather than a Cinderella. It really it does is. make sense. Lost Princess so 10 more. years later, like, yeah, random demon thing that pops his head off and just, Juggles it around. That that scared the shit out of me growing mm. up. I'm still it not that, okay. Yeah. Oh, but the song Look, of Anastasia is just that song that she sings. Oh. Anyway, we digress. Anyway. So Selena does one last thing for Nehemia. She gets dressed in black mourning clothes and she goes to where she's buried and she begins to sing. Quite terribly, I might add. <laughs> and from behind what I'm picturing as like a big tombstone, Kale is there watching her, just spying like he does. And <laughs> just and then, creeping up on Yoo-hoo. her. <laughs> Yoo-hoo, hello. <laughs> Yoo-hoo, it's me, Vix will blow out. <laughs> She's like, how do I break the tension? This will do. Just a giant gay Scandinavian man. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the quote we actually have is, it was not in any language that he knew, not in the common tongue or in Ilwe or in the languages of Fenharu or Melisande or anywhere on the continent. This language was ancient, each word full of power and rage and agony. And I can imagine it would sound quite ugly as well, especially if you're not a good singer. It's a very sad scene. Like she's there in her morning black. She's got this huge black veil and Kale's just hiding behind the tombstone listening. Obviously, like Ellie said, she cannot sing. Like she's screeching this morning song (laughs) in another language. Like just a very, very sad bar now. And the quote we get is... have a beautiful voice and many of the words sounded like half sobs the vows stretched by the pangs of sorrow the consonants hardened by anger she beat her breast in time so full of savage grace so at odds with the black gown and the veil she wore the hair on the back of his neck stood as the lament poured from her mouth unearthly and foreign a song of grief so old that it predated the stone castle itself Ooh, it's banging her so titties. Just... That's what I mean. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's got to hurt. That better hurt. not be on a period week because that would really, oh. that would puncture you. Oh, God. So she finishes her super sad song and looks at him and she doesn't say a word. She's just staring at him from under her veil being like, She's the just fuck, like, man. Um, Come at me, bro. And he, he's wondering. She's doing gang signs. <laughs> Underneath the you veil. want to throw hands? 
enjoying finger painting under the veil. She's drawing things. Yeah, such such a beautiful, like cinematic piece of it's gorgeous. what she's doing though. It's beautiful. And we've just shit on it. Just because we, we can't deal with feelings. So Kale wonders how to fix things between them. And then he realizes he can't. He was part of it happening and he deserves whatever punishment he gets including losing her oh, <laughs> like a bad stale lettuce this moment is really heartbreaking and selena takes fleetfoot for a morning walk and the dog is basically just sitting there waiting for nahemia to join them because he doesn't know that nahemia is not going to join them anymore oh Which way to rub it in fleetfoot <laughs> She's like, you're not something. enough. You are not enough, mother. <laughs> First episode we had moo. Last episode we had oink. And now we've got. <laughs> oh, it's just a farm. The whole fucking farm. Oh Old MacDonald had her farm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. no. and, and on that farm, we had death. <laughs> <laughs> they were all sent to the farm. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> no. Fucking hell. We fuck it up. Anyway. Oh. Anyway. Leave that behind. Don't go there. Hmm. Dorian is in the library when Selena ends up going to find. Well, I don't think she's going to look for him. She's just going to the library and she just mm. finds, she just stumbles across Dorian. And they are a little bit awkward at first, but Dorian just offers to help her find anything that she needs because he is a library pro and we love that for him. <laughs> Selena is struggling, but then Fleetfoot runs past harassing one of the librarians <laughs> and it seems to kind of just like break up some of the ice in her heart a little bit, which is, <clears throat> that's nice. <sighs> We get this quote. As if she could read through his thoughts, she said, I apologise for my behaviour lately. I haven't been myself. Or she'd just been a part of herself that she usually kept on a tight, tight leash, he thought. But he said, I understand. And from the way her eyes softened, he knew that was all he'd ever needed to say. Which is very sweet. I just love their little, I love their friendship. I love, I love their companionship. It's just really sweet. Anyway. I love this. The feelings and the friendship and it's just... It's so beautiful. He just reminds me of so, a little puppy dog needing a lot of, like, positive reinforcement and praise. Yeah. Look, you're not wrong. Yeah. So, Kale has gone to hide in the library as well when he sees Selena and Dorian talking. And, of course, he feels jealousy, but he is just happy that she's actually talking to someone, which is like, stop trying to make me like you again, Kale. You've just pulled us all into this mess. And now you're just sitting there and you're whatever. You haven't even helped anything. You've just been groveling. Yeah, Fuck not off. even doing your job. Capitalising off the labour of underpaid workers. And, you know, it's just a bit much. Yeah, Philippa is not even getting paid the right amount for doing what she's doing in, in Selena's <laughs> She's not getting. She's not. She's not getting leave loading anyway. for that. Mm-mm. And she just deserves it, you know. So Kale is obviously in the library and he decides to look into the super weird screechy song that Selena was screeching as it's haunting him. This is where things start to get a little bit extra interesting with Stale Cow. Mm-hmm. So what he's looking through all these books and quote one we get is when he's talking to like the master librarian and we get, so there are no dirges in Terrison that are sung in a different language? And the librarian responds with, 
No, he said, drawing out the word as he pondered. But I once heard that in the high court of Terrison, when the nobility died, they sang their laments in the language of the Fae. Kale's heart is like nearly stopping, but we keep going because we've got to add to the trauma and the like anticipation. So quote two, those songs were sacred to the court. Only those of noble blood ever learned or sang them. They were taught and sung in secret. They're dead buried by the light of the moon when no other ears could hear them. At least that's what rumour claimed. And then he goes on, this librarian's just like, just chilling. Um, he's like, I'll admit to my own morbid curiosity in that I'd hoped to hear them 10 years ago, but by the time the slaughter had ended, there was no one left in those noble houses to sing them. And Kyla's like, remembering when Selena was saying, you will always be my enemy. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> Quote three, Kayla's stressing. He's very stressed and we get this. Which house did she belong to? Her parents hadn't just been murdered. They were part of the nobility who had been executed by the king, slaughtered. She'd been found in their bed after they'd been killed. And then she must have run until she found the place where a Terrasin nobleman's daughter could hide the assassin's keep. She'd learned the only skills that could keep her safe. To escape death, she'd become death. Regardless of what territory her parents had lorded over, if Selena ever took up the mantle she'd lost and if Terrison ever got to its feet, Selena could become a powerhouse potentially capable of standing against Ardalan. And that made Selena more than just his enemy. It made her the greatest threat he'd ever encountered. Oh, fuck off, Kale, you fucking little bitch. <laughs> I've had enough of him. This is the moment where I started to get very mad at Kale because I'm thinking in my head, okay, fucking three chapters ago, you were in love with her, sucking about how she doesn't love you anymore. Yeah, you lost her. And now you're like, actually, I flipped it. She is no longer Selena. No, Mm. she is my fucking enemy. He just needed to mansplain the situation to himself. So he could gaslight her into not being the victim anymore. He's actually the victim. In that He's scenario. the victim. Mm-hmm. That's it. Twist of events. Yes. Kale actually lost all of his mm. family. Kale's best friend actually died. Shocker. Selena's now tailing Archer and watches him leave. And he has some interactions with the rebels. But she's finding it increasingly hard to give a single shit about him when she has lost everyone she cares about. So she's meant to be sort of scoping things out and doing her job. And she's like, I've, I can't fuck it. Like, there's not much yeah. left for me going on right now. But she decides to go and visit Dorian because she just needs some human companionship. And he has books everywhere in his room. On every surface, there is a book. And he doesn't have the cleaning people come to clean them. <laughs> the cleaning people. <laughs> Would you believe they clean? The stuff. They, they clean the, the cleaning people clean the things. <laughs> They laugh a little bit about his collection and she's realised that she's mislaughing. And it's, well, we also get this little tidbit. Don't you have people who dress you? I would have thought that Roland would be your devoted servant at least. Dorian snorted, plumping his pillows. Roland's tried. Thankfully, he's been suffering from awful headaches lately and has backed off. Isn't that interesting? So interesting. There's a lot of gas leaks in this book. There is a lot. Maybe they've all just mm. got like sinus problems and they're getting sinus headaches. Bad hay fever season. Mm, dust mites. 
Anyway, <laughs> Dorian ends up calling Selena out. We get this quote. So, Dorian said quietly, can I ask why you decided to join me for dinner? You've made it pretty clear that you don't want to spend any time with me. And I thought you had work to do tonight. Actually, she'd been downright awful to him, but he kept his back to her as though the question didn't matter. And she didn't quite know why the words came out, but she spoke the truth anyway, because I have nowhere else to go. Sitting in her rooms in silence made the pain worse. Going to the tomb only frustrated her, and the thought of Kale still hurt so badly she couldn't breathe. Every morning she walked Fleetfoot by herself, then ran alone in the game park. Even the girls who had once lined the garden pathways waiting for Kale had stopped showing up. Dorian nodded, looking at her with kindness. She couldn't stand, and you will always have a place here. Oh, <laughs> their friendship is so beautiful, and they found their way back to each other. It's so <laughs> beautiful, and I'm glad that they finally found where they stand, you know? Yes, they figured out their dynamic, just took, you know, a murder yeah. to get there. Sometimes death yeah. brings us together. Oh, that was deep. Mm. Mm. I take that back. Okay, well... <laughs> Dorian then spends a quiet night with her and sees the change in the way she holds herself. She's a little bit more hesitant and when she thinks he isn't looking, there's a new sorrow in her. He thinks of all her scars and the new ones that he just now can't see, which is hmm, depressing. He also feels a little bit of shameful joy. She wasn't with Kale. Dorian, check that. <laughs> This is this we is made the so first much book. progress, Dorian. My God, put it away. We were These so close. Two, they're like they're so bad, both of them. Mm. Al and Dorian, both of their jealousy is just like keep it in fucking check. Oh, no. both she of is not your possession. It's like making me think of all those conversations about men's mental maturity being so much less than women's. Like <laughs> yeah. same physical age, but men are fucked. So she just needs someone that's a bit older. Does she get that? What's the next quote? Mm, I hope she gets some older pain in her life. Okay. Not like shriveled. <laughs> no. <laughs> Why did you like... have to make it weird? Well, you, well, you guys were the ones that were saying, oh, no, it's just specifying that we didn't want a shriveled cop. Okay, we're not talking Hugh Hefner old. We're talking like, no. how old do I want? But we're not Look. talking Leonardo DiCaprio breaking up with everyone that's up, like close 25. to 25 or over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw that too. That's so we're funny. talking about like, like Faye old, like they they're old but they don't oh, look old. Yes, the the Faye age gap romance. Yes, Faye age gap. It's five hundred years, but who's counting? No, no, that's fine. No me. Same with my Faye <laughs> yeah, well, couple. That's it. That's that's exactly what I was thinking about. So I again would still really like to see a book where it's the Faye warrior woman mm -hmm. and like the nerdy guy that's just would, a casual mortal it would not happen it would mm. not happen mm. because he'd be like can i fuck you do we have no, to go to war or could we just fuck that's like exactly that. what they would say mm -hmm. or they'd be like oh i don't really care that much about the rest of humanity they can just die mm. yeah look I, I don't think i'm very i'm not very political to be honest i just asked my <laughs> mom and dad what to vote <laughs> oh, oh. Oh, we don't need that. We don't need that energy. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Well, let's get back to the book. That's what we're here for anyway, isn't it? Yeah. So Selena goes to visit Mort a bit later on, who is still just my favourite character in the book. She is still having no luck with the riddle poem thing that she found. But then she gets an idea and it sort of ends on this like, oh no, Mort's telling her 
whatever you're doing, stop. Put a pin in it. Don't do it. But she's like, "Mm, YOLO. And she goes to see Baba Yellow Legs. You remember the witch? The witch from the carnival? Mm -hmm. Yeah, she goes to... The Crayola. She goes goes to meet her. The Crayola. Yeah. The witch greets her with done running from fate at last. And we're just like, oh, no. Oh, for fuck's sake. Here we go. Selena nearly changes her mind, but then Bubba offers to sell Dorian's secrets. Selena basically goes into the witch's caravan, and the caravan itself is very unusual. It's covered in odd mirrors, and it's giving us a bit of a TARDIS vibe. And apparently it's made of the remnants of the Crocken Witch's capital city. Because that just seems like a super normal thing to do when you conquer a city, is make a Winnebago out of it. Like <laughs> Exactly. So Selena's first question is about the riddle. And Baba Yellowlegs goes from bored to very interested very quickly. And Selena basically asks what the three objects are. And we get this. Word keys. Yellowlegs breathed. Eyes glowing. It describes the three word keys to open the word gate. Cold slithered down Selena's spine. But she said with more bravado than she'd felt, tell me what they are. The word keys, the word gate. For all I know, you might be lying about the answer. I'd rather not be made a fool of. This information is not for the idle games of mortals, Yellowlegs snapped. Gold gleamed in Selena's palm. Name your price. The woman studied her from head to toe, sniffing once. Nameless is my price, Yellowlegs said. But gold will do for now. Yellowlegs. She's a, so sneaky. She's a gritty bitch. Yellowlegs is the surreal of this book, just giving us the tea when we need it. She's, don't do that to the surreal, though. I was going to say, <laughs> at least he didn't harm bubble anyone. Bubblegum? Hubba Bubba. What does Bubba Yellowlegs call her husband? Hubba no. Bubba. I refuse. <laughs> that was fucking brilliant. Brilliant comedy there. That was Thank you. fucking brilliant. <laughs> so Yellowlegs warns Selena away from this knowledge and Selena tells her to proceed so we get these quotes. The word governs and forms the foundation of this world, not just Aurelia, but all life. There are worlds that exist beyond your knowledge, worlds that lie on top of each other and don't know it. Right now, you could be standing on the bottom of someone else's ocean. The word keeps these realms apart. Next quote. There are gates, black areas in the word that allow for life to pass between the worlds. There are word gates that lead to Aurelia. All sorts of beings have come through them over the eons. So it's just like a interdimensional highway. Um, seems pretty chill. I so, have questions, but she will not <laughs> answer me. I'm... <sighs> what are your questions? We won't answer, but just ask them. Who is Link? For those that are audio only, Georgia and I are covering our faces with the book because we have absolutely zero poker face. We have no poker face, but we do also want Ellie to ask these questions in case you have these questions too, to know your novel. We do. Alone. We really okay. do. So the bottom of the ocean that they're standing in in the other world, is that is that Perithian? Are they with Recent? Where are they? Are they with the people in Crescent City that I haven't read yet? Where are they? Who are they with? Who are they connected to? Is she Rhysand's cousin? Are we going to find out what his last name is? Because I'm really concerned that I don't know his last name yet and we've already read five books. Look, that's a valid point. Yeah, that is a valid point. Yeah. Okay, thank you. 
All right. I think we handled that pretty well, Georgia. Yeah. I was trying to make my eyes not make movements because I was like, so yellow legs gives Selena the history of the Vogue demons from another realm who broke through the gates and came to this world. The Volg created three keys from the word gates to basically open the floodgates to their armies and the the Fae stood against them and ended up stealing the keys. Apparently the Fae Queen Maeve was able to banish the Volg from this realm but the keys couldn't be destroyed so they were hidden across the continent instead. Isn't that interesting? interesting. So Ellie, what did you take from that? What do you think is going to happen? Like when you read that, what do you think? When I read that. I feel like the rest of the series is going to be a quest on who can find the three keys the fastest and either destroy the world or save the world. I also think Valg sounds very similar. Well, it looks similar to Clag Glue, and that's what I'm thinking <laughs> when I see that one. Um, also, I was not <laughs> I'm sorry. Mentioned. When you just look at that word, that's that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Oh dear, but no, I didn't really, the only thing I'm gathering from this is obviously Maeve is somehow important. I haven't quite put her in the jigsaw puzzle as of yet. And Claire Glue, that's about it. Cool, 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 cool. cool. These are all things that you learn more of in the next book, especially. Okay. They expand on more, so. But you're definitely picking up on the vibes of like, that's where the series is going to go is on this questy vibes. Yeah. And I, I, I know a lot of people out there don't like quests. I, I love them. I work well with the quest. Oh, who doesn't like quests? I know. I know. I will fight them. Yeah. I will go on a quest. <laughs> will fight them. We will come on a quest to fight you all. We will. We shall. So, for a bit of context for you all, the person who holds all three keys would have control over the broken word gate and the whole continent. I like that they're yeah. specifying continent because continent means that there are other places within the world there are there's the southern continent and then there's is it the eastern continent which is where wind lives but there's also other worlds yes okay yeah there's layers layers upon layers upon layers much like an onion it's like a parfait (laughs) it's like a parfait oh parfaits are blaze okay well even one key is dangerous it's raw power to be shaped by the will of the person so if the will of the person is good, then good times for all. If the will of the person is bad, y'all gonna die. It's like all gravy, baby, not all gravy, mm-hmm. baby. <laughs> not all gravy, Pretty gravy. much, pretty much. So we can kind of imagine who holds a key at this very point in time. It is, in fact, mm. not It gravy. is not gravy, baby. <laughs> it is, in fact, not all gravy, baby. Mm, 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 no. It is not. <laughs> Obviously, it's a king. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> if you were not sure, it is the king. Insert footnote, it is the king. <laughs> Insert footnote, not gravy, baby, dash, is king. <laughs> Why oh, do we do that? I don't know. This is a like prime example of like one joke, now we're all saying it and just adding stupid bits to it. <laughs> In fairness, that was just you two. I just let you win. I know. <laughs> anyway. Oh, well, things then take a turn and Yellow Legs is suddenly everywhere but nowhere. Oh, no. I know. Imagine that with like a sharp iron teeth. Oh, not a great time. The game is over and now it's time 
for murder. Murder. Because this whole time, like, Selena and, like, Yellowlegs have been, like, having this conversation but also being, like, you're fucked, you know, you're fucked. Well, I'm going to have an eye. Like, and they're just kind of this tension. And then they're like, well, now that I've revealed these secrets, it's actually okay because um, you're going to die. Yeah. You're so each going no to one's going to die. Gonna know. <laughs> exactly. Time to die. So Selena ends up being whipped in the head by a chain and then just blacks the fuck out. Now we swap over to Kale's point of view. And Dorian and Kale are watching the carnival pack up. But really, Kale's mind is elsewhere. He had gone to the library to look at Terrison's genealogy records. <laughs> he has made a list of all of the noble houses and is trying to figure out which one Selena blo- belongs to. So it's like... Which which one she oblongs to. Oblongs to. Oblongs. She's an oblong shape. From an oblong family of rectangles. <laughs> This is why we can't oh be trusted. God. We're cackling over a rectangle. <laughs> <We're not even laughs> <drunk. laughs> oh. Okay, I'm not even going to repeat all of that. We're just going to leave that fucking up. That's staying in. As is. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Dorian is done waiting for Kale to step up and says that Selena is coping as best as she can, but she has not mentioned Kale because Dorian's like, look, I'm her special I'm... friend now. <laughs> yeah. I'm her favourite. I am the captain now. Exactly <laughs> right. She is grieving with me now. They then discuss Kale's father and his meddling. It's clear his father wants him back in anal, but <laughs> Kale has never wanted that power. The power of the rectum. This isn't that taught type of book. <laughs> the power of the rectum is just too much for him to bear. This is where I start to think that Dorian and Kale have the potential to become more. Like, obviously, I got the vibes in Throne of Glass, but I'm still on that train. Mm. And we get this quote where Dorian's like, do you know why I approached her at Yulmest Ball? Not because I wanted to ask her to dance, but because I saw the way you two were looking at each other. Even then, I knew how you felt. That makes zero sense. So he didn't want Kale? That's gay vibes. That's that's queer. That is... He saw them having sexual tension and was like, no, the only person Kale can have sexual tension with <laughs> is, is me. <laughs> okay. I say that. I also say it that's as how he has feelings for the thing that I have feel not have feelings for, but she's my possession. So I shall stake my claim on my possession. Yeah, I shall metaphorically lift my le- leg and pee on this. But also, how is he um, saying... That not because I wanted to ask her to dance. Um, bro. He's like, no, actually, I was nagging her. I, you literally um, said that you were in love with her after, like, two weeks. Yeah. Calm down, Dorian. Anyways, Kale is pissed that Dorian wouldn't try to free Selena from serving his father if he cares so much about her. And Dorian ends up saying that he agrees, but he's limited in how far he can push his father without making things worse. Dorian also reminds Kale to consider where his loyalties lie. He's kind of like, check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> and our gay love story. <laughs> check yourself before you wreck yourself, son. So anyway, yes, Selena basically wakes up and she's chained. Because remember, we left her and Baba Yellowlegs was... It's not in a kinky way. No. She realises that she's in a bit of a predicament. So she pretends <laughs> that she's still unconscious. And then she's like, surprise, and... <laughs> Basically, what? Takes yellow legs giving... with a surprise head. Selena <laughs> 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 just turns around and gives yellow legs a pet scobby. The pet scobby. 
and Bobby Ellen. give yellow legs the best gobby of her entire life no, <laughs> she takes her out with a surprise head butt and then she frees herself so that's a bit of a twist of events the fight is on from that moment it is assassin versus witch yellow legs is villain monologuing about how many women she has killed over the last 500 years in this caravan uh which the winnebago. is a long time for a winnebago <laughs> jesus um, and then we get this quote confirming that yellow legs was a blue blooded iron teeth, which changed nothing. Selena told herself nothing except she'd have to find a bigger weapon. We need a bigger boat. <laughs> We're going to need a bigger boat. Have you ever, spent, have you ever played knifey spoony before? <laughs> Selena manages to find an ax and starts just starts fucking yellow legs with it. Sorry. What? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, my mind read that as she finds an axe and starts fucking yellow legs with it, but it actually says starts fucking with yellow legs as mirrors. Oh, my God. This whole scene has turned so weirdly sexual. Oh. It's a shocking twist of events. Selena doesn't end up with any of the boys. She actually ends up with yellow legs. <laughs> I'm a bother. Oh. So, yeah. Selena manages to find an axe and she does not fuck yellow legs with it. She just fucks with her mirrors. Um, and she basically knows that she needs to behead Baba Yellow Legs um, because she's been told this by a friend that this was the only way to kill a witch. She nearly loses the fight, but she manages to get a good swing and cuts her head off before the crone rips into her neck. So she's like got her around the neck as if she's about to strangle her and then she doesn't. She gets her head chopped off. She doesn't get fucked with the axe. She gets, well, fucked with the axe. <laughs> Just in a different way. <laughs> she ends up stuffing the dead witch into her own oven in a weird Hansel and Gretel moment. That's good. Yeah, that is weird, but okay. She heads on back into the castle and our dear friend Mort can smell the witch's death on her and that spells bad news for Selena, who's also sporting some lovely scars around her neck from where the witch's claws have nearly ripped her throat out. Delightful. Mm. Apparently the markings will stay with her forever and will mark her as a witch killer. I'm sort of like, this is a tidbit I'm going to need for later books, but right now I do not care. Yeah. <laughs> Mort ends up warning Selena <laughs> that Yellow Legs was the matron of her witch clan and the other allied witches may come for her revenge, which is super interesting. Mm. So if you've got we red legs, along. orange legs, purple legs. <laughs> Converging. The whole Crayola pack. <laughs> Everything. 
every single Crayola colour, they've all got clans and they're all getting fucked. <laughs> they've put their little hats on and they're ready. You know how in like episode one I said like, you know, we get Selena is a real planner. You get her schemes. This is one of her shit ones. So she spends some time in the tomb thinking about like what she learned from the witch and then she's like, I've got a fantastic idea. Maybe there are more answers in the creepy library catacombs. Mm. So that's good. Great job, Selena. Yeah. So we move on from that and we go into Kale's POV and he's gone to speak with Selena and our poor lettuce leaf thinks that if they fight again, he will let her kill him. Oh, bless. <laughs> that's morbid. Yeah. That's really unfortunate, little lettuce leaf. Anyways. He's being a bit of a snoop in her rooms, which I don't like. Why she's elsewhere. Instead of answers, he finds a copy of her will. And basically in her will, she has left everything to him, including an apartment in the city. Selena basically ends up coming back to the room and she sees him looking at this will. Um, it's not a very pleasant encounter, but she basically says that she's going to change the will. And Kale realizes that she had also done it so that he would have something to fall back on if he lost his position and wouldn't need to go back to his father. <sighs> it's just our girl looking out for everyone, even though they don't really fucking deserve it. Mm. Kale's concerns about her heritage basically disintegrate and she tells him to leave. Kale leaves and hides in a broom closet where he finally comes out about his love for Dorian. No, I'm kidding. No, <laughs> it, was a like, I, I mean... it was a closet joke. I'm sorry. He cries. He, does, he doesn't come out. He cries. Okay. He does not come out of the closet for Dorian. No, he has not yet. Because but... keep in mind, he hasn't actually cried since Nehemia died. No. All of that that's happened, he hasn't cried yet. Um, no, that's because men, they cry. just, men don't cry. <laughs> the weird sequel song to Big Girls Don't <laughs> Cry. just about to say that. And in the wise words of Fergie, Big Girls Don't Cry. Selena's not okay after this whole ordeal, and we get this really fucking traumatic quote, which is, When Sam had died, she had tucked him into her heart, tucked him in alongside her other beloved dead, whose names she kept so secret she sometimes forgot them. But Nehemia, Nehemia wouldn't fit. It was as if her heart was too full of the dead, too full of those lives that had ended well before their time. <laughs> Oh, that's her. That's so fucking upsetting. So upsetting. It really I'm just is. like, she's for fucking, she's what, nine, 1920? 19. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 19. Oh, wait, no, she's she's 18. Is she? She turns 19 in Era 5. That's right. Okay, so yeah, so she's 18 at this point. And how can one 18-year-old have gone through this much loss? So much. She yeah. deserves just to be happy. But that does not happen in this series. No. Oh, God, it gets Happiness worse. comes at a great cost. Oh, God. I'm I'm terrified to keep going, really. I really want to say something right now, but I'm oh. trying really hard not to. I'm scared. Anyways. Okay. Yeah, you should be. <laughs> <laughs> so, Selena's back frolicking in the catacombs, as she does. And <laughs> After she... that traumatic <laughs> she's frolicking, she's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> Let me go find some more death. That's what she's off to do. Fuck it up. Time to make some questionable decisions mm. and go to the secret mm -hmm. catacombs. So we're there. We're frolicking. Things are fine. She finds that book that appeared in the last book, believe it or not, called The Walking mm. Dead. And no, it's not about zombies, but within it, she does find a spell to unlock the super secret door, which I feel like... Oh, <laughs> oh God. 
<laughs> if there is a super secret door somewhere, perhaps leave it secret. It's just going to be my yeah, own. Absolutely. Do not open and it. And if there's a fucking book called The Walking Dead, don't be like, this is, I must follow directions from this. Yeah, this sounds great. You're going, The Walking Dead, you know what? I would like to be a walk, I would like to be dead and mm-hmm. walking. So yes. let's, let's go. go. Let's, let's go. Well, she does just do that. And she finds doors upon doors upon iron doors, some sort of iron encasing in a dungeon. There's just a lot of a lot of depth, iron doors, a lot of iron along the walls are cells, and they're all numbered. And she's like, might not be the safest idea to open these. So I'll she's, just keep going. She's, yeah, she's an idiot, but she's not that much of a fucking idiot. Basically, that's what yeah. this is. She's not that suicidal. Yeah, yeah. no, not yet. But what does she do? She does find another door that leads to another hallway. So she goes through that one and she realizes she's in like a spiral labyrinth. So she's passing over a hundred doors as she goes through to find the center. She opens what she thinks is the final door. And despite her instincts screaming, no, she's like, hello world. This is me. And steps in. I should be fun for everyone. <laughs> fun for everyone. <laughs> it's like eight sections as well that she's yeah. walked through in this. She had a lot of time to change her mind. Mm-hmm. So she's come across a cell where someone has clearly broken out of it. That is a red flag, number one. There's fingernail gouges in the wall near the iron chains. Red flag number two. She keeps going on and finds an eighth gate. And she's like, you know what? I shall pass this too. As she goes through it, her head starts pounding. Red flag number three. She climbs up these staircases and realizes that the material is made of the same dark color of the king's ring. And then she realizes she is in the clock tower. Ding, ding, ding. Red flags. So we move on from that. Awesome. And we are now in Dorian's POV. And he saw Selena on her war quest and he's like, I'm going to follow her because she seems like she's making terrible decisions and I think she needs a chaperone, which is true Fair. on all levels. It, so Selena much. is basically sprinting out of the clock tower when she thinks about the dark stone described in the riddle. But she's like, I have bigger problems because all of the torches are out, and now she is not alone. So on her way in, she's been, like, lighting the lights, and she's like, this seems absolutely fine, no questions here. And it's like, oh, hey, they've all gone out. So that seems chill. <laughs> so it ends up realising that the torch she's carrying is kind of like a fucking beacon in the fact that there's no other light. So she puts her torch down because she's like, I've memorised the way out. It'll be fine. But then her amulet, like the eye of Elena, just starts glowing. And we get this quote. There was a scrape of nail against stone and then the sound of breathing. It was not her own. No, no, absolutely not. Nope. We are then in whatever the thing is, that point of view, as it watches her. We find out that light hurts its eyes because it's been in these catacombs for a long fucking time. It hisses in her ear. And thank fuck Selena is like a stab first, ask questions later type of gal because she glimpsed only a flash of withered skin and jagged stumpy teeth before she sliced Damaris across its chest. It screamed. Screamed like nothing she had ever heard as the ragged cloth ripped, revealing a bony, misshapen chest peppered with scars. It slammed a clawed hand into her face as it fell, its eyes gleaming from the light of the amulet. 
an animal's eyes capable of seeing in the dark. Oh, God. Just the thought of being in that situation and having something growl in your ear and you can hear it breathing. Absolutely fucking not. No. You would not catch me doing that shit and I'll do most shit. I'm pretty much down <laughs> for anything. I am not down for that. No. And now there is Selena, actually. No, she's not. Selena hits the ground and is running. She realises that whatever this creature is, it stands like a man, but it is not a man. She realises that she unlocked all of the doors that were to keep this thing in. She also realises that this was the thing that she'd seen behind the door earlier in the book and the sniffer dog that was just there in the hallway right. one time. So it lunges for her and she fends it off and then its hood falls back and it looks like it had once been a man. Its hair is in clumps and, like, it's got these scarred lips that look like someone has stitched them shut and then torn them open and stitched them shut oh again. God. Selena thinks, like, hard pass, you're not my type, and just keeps <laughs> running. Smash a pass, pass. <laughs> <laughs> pass. But, of course, remember, Dorian followed her. So we get this kind of, like, comedic scene where he's just like, Selena, where are you? And then she's running the other way, being like, turn the fuck around. So she tells him to run, and the creature shrieks, and then they're off running. Well, they end up getting through the doors and are trying to keep the last one shut. But the creature is like a Mormon (laughs) door knocker, doesn't read social cues, and is super keen to get in and bring you closer to your maker. Absolutely, <laughs> the Mormons are not listening to this podcast. <laughs> well, maybe not the Mormons from Mum Talk. They seem kind of loose. They could probably fit right in. Anywho, Dorian oh, ends up revealing his magic as he tries to seal the door shut. Selena holds the door shut while Dorian runs for the Walking Dead book. He finds it and they swap places. And Selena uses her blood to draw word marks on the door. Interesting interesting point that we pick up later when she's drawing word marks with her blood. They step back and the creature bursts through only to get stuck in the word mark trap. Selena decapitates the creature and then separates its body into multiple bits and pieces. And we just, we love a good double trap. It's great. It's fine. Yeah. Always, always double tap. Mm. Well, she does like another stab in the chest just to make sure and looks at its chest. And there is, in fact, a human heart. That's not concerning mm-hmm. at all. I love how there was the human heart. <laughs> Just in case you didn't know. So, after this, Selena and Dorian decide to have a little chat about the recent developments. Because Dorian, Seems Dorian's like, oh, what the fuck? And Selena's like, you've got magic fingers. Selena tells him about the catacombs, but doesn't really tell him that she thinks that the king is experimenting as she had found a human heart in the thing's chest. Anyway, she basically wonders if the wings that Caltaine and Nehemia were hearing were more of these creations. We're unsure. They then discuss Dorian's magic and Selena thanks Dorian for stopping her from killing Kale. Selena sees a name in Dorian's family tree that makes her very, very stressed, but she ends up concealing it. So this is all happening. I'm pretty sure, what, are they back up, back in his rooms? Yeah, yeah, they're in Dorian's rooms and they're discussing where Dorian thinks his magic has come from because, yes. I mean, he's the only person on the continent with magic. That's right, yes. he's a special, um, special boy. Special, special boy. He's in love with his best friend. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> development. So Selena says that she has lost people she loved due to magic. 
They were in fact killed by Dorian's father. No one is shocked by these developments. And so she will Absolutely never not. do anything to see Dorian have the same fate. So Selena saw Caltaine's family name in Dorian's family tree and remembers how Caltaine was saying some pretty cool shit. But mm. alas, yeah. it's too late. The Duke has taken Caltaine to Morath with him. Poor Caltaine. I wonder whatever happens to her. Will we find out? Don't really care, to be quite These honest. These are the questions we have. Well, Selena feels the pieces are coming together. The headaches, the weird sights and sounds, the rebel scouts not returning, everyone's fucking hearing wings. She decides it's time to find out how many keys the king has and where the others are, which is like, you probably should have been doing that from the moment you discovered that there were keys in that. Anyway, so she has some other theories and decides that it's time to get some answers. Congratulations, the plot begins. Wow. So she runs to the tomb and finds out that, ah, time's rift is actually an anagram for I am the first, the first key. She realizes a bunch of stuff here. One, the king has at least one key, possibly two, and two, the king eliminated magic except for his bloodline, which is why Dorian has it. Selena mm. needs answers and thinks that Nehemia has them, which is a problem, obviously, because she is D-E-D -E -D dead. Uh, or is it? Dun, dun, dun. She decides that it's time to open a portal to the other world, aka the dead world, to get some clarification on this, which just is screaming terrible idea. Bad idea. Yeah. yeah. Awful idea. And then Dorian has this weird dream where Gavin, or not Gavin, Gavin's the sword, We've no. decided to change its name. No, no we've changed its name. Now. We did too. <laughs> Gavin is the sword and Damaris is the, is the king. Um, so he has this weird dream where Damaris and his sword Gavin come <laughs> and visit him and tell him to get up and stop Selena right fucking now because she's just about to open a door to the dead basically and be like, hey, guys, you want some uh, yummy food? Because we're all out here. Y'all want to come in? You want to have a feast? Literally, neck minute, Selena is drawing pictures with her blood. Oh. It is interesting to note as well that the only people who can draw or harness word marks must have magic in their veins. But, you know, anyways. Mm -hmm. Well, believe it or not, the spell works. And the portal opens and a black void greets Selena. But then Fleetfoot appears and he runs towards the portal because Nehemia is there. Oh, it just Feelings. melts me. Fucking dogs, man. Nehemia's not happy. And we get this quote. There is no time for you to tell me what you long to say. I came here because you need to be warned. Do not open this portal again. The next time you do, I will not be the one who answers your call. And you will not survive the encounter. No one has the right to open the door to this realm no matter how fierce their grief. And it's sort of like, oh, well, it's nice to see you too. Yeah, and it's also yeah. nice if you actually told me some information before you fucking died. It's really annoying when, like, yeah. I don't like it. the miscommunication. It annoys me. What would we do without miscommunication for plot lines? True. True. Well, we do get a little bit more information. So Nehemia goes to leave, but she turns around and says this. You will not understand yet, but I knew what my fate was to be and I embraced it. I ran toward it because I was the only way for things to begin changing, for events to be set in motion. But no matter what I did, Alentia, I want you to know that in the darkness of the past 10 years, you were one of the bright lights for me. 
do not let that light go out. Oh God, that hurts. Which indicates to me that so she's known for like 10 years that she must be Aelin. You guys are giving me fucking nothing. Crickets. Absolute crickets. <laughs> I'm quite proud of us for keeping it together this long. You're too. doing it's very well. we haven't been drinking. When we're drinking, it's, it's a different story. Well, then Nehemia leaves and Selena is just, you know, coping. When Archer appears behind her. Archer is getting super, he's just giving weird vibes. But Selena is very distracted as the portal is not closing and she's like, what the fuck's going on? She then sees a tattoo on Archer's wrist. And remembers Nehemia's note about not trusting the Wyvern thing, though. The Wyvern thing. Yeah. Uh, which looked like the royal seal. And it's actually the tattoo that Archer has. So, A.K.A. do not trust Archer. So Archer is asking about the word keys and the riddle and everything is very, very odd. Wrong. It's wrong. Slander's not having it. Archer is talking about using the word keys to overthrow the king and making some comments about Nehemia and everything is super, super sus. So Selena plays along to see where it will take us. Oof. We get this quote. He should suffer as long as possible and so should the people who destroyed us, who made us into what we are. Erebin, Clarice, she chewed on her lip. Nehemia could never understand that. She never tried to. You, you're right. They should be used. He studied her warily enough that she came closer and tilted her head to the side, contemplating his words, contemplating him. And Archer bought it. That was why she left a week before she died. We knew it was a matter of time before she went to the king to expose us all, to use what she'd learned to grant clemency to Ilway and to annihilate us with the same stroke. She said she'd rather have one all-powerful tyrant than a dozen of them. So Selena is piecing things together and it's not looking good for Archer, but she needs him to admit what she is suspecting. And so she, again, plays to like their similarities and it all comes out. Archer framed the councilman and he was the real person who paid Grave to kill Nehemia. Selena realises that everything Archer has done was to isolate her from her friends, like what she was scared Roland was doing to Dorian at the beginning of the book. Selena asks, why did Archer need her? And we get this fresh hell, which is, because I know what you are, Selena. Arabin told me one night after you went to Endovia, she shoved the twinge of genuine pain and betrayal down until it couldn't distract her. And for our cause to succeed, we need you. I need you. Some members of the movement are already starting to fight me to question my leadership. They think my methods are too rough. No, killing the princess of a foreign kingdom is definitely not rough. But you know what might be? Talena gets close to him, smiles, stabs him. And we love to see it. We love to see it. We get this quote. He staggered back with dazzling speed wrenching her dagger so swiftly that she lost her grip on the blade and had to brace her hand on the arch of the portal to keep from stumbling, which is not a good thing. We don't want to touch the blood. No, 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 no. Her bloody palms slapped against the stones and a greenish light flared beneath her fingers. A word mark burned, then faded. Not giving herself time to look at what she'd done, she leapt for him with a roar, dropping Damaris to grab two more daggers. He had his own blade up in a moment, dancing away lightly as she sliced for him. I'm going to tear you apart piece by piece, she hissed, circling him. But then a shudder ran through the floor and something in the void made a sound, a guttural growl. Fleetfoot is whining and something steps through the portal. Then we jump POVs. We're now with Kale in his bed and he can't sleep. 
because Dorian has appeared and he's like, bro, we gots to go. And Kale, <laughs> understandably, is a little concerned about following a dream that Dorian had. But they end up busting into Selena's room and see the exposed secret tunnel. Secret tunnel. Secret <laughs> sorry, tunnel. Through the mountains. <laughs> Anyways, sorry. Yes. So <laughs> Kale tries to convince Dorian to stay at the top of, he's like, do not go down that secret tunnel. Don't do it. But they hear a human scream and Kale is basically running before he can think twice. And we get this quote. He didn't know where to look first at the long hallway where one wall glowed with an arch of green symbols or at the world that showed through the arch, depicting a land of mist and rock. At Archer, cowering against the opposite wall, chanting strange words from a book held in his hands. At Selena, prostate, prost, <laughs> prostate. <laughs> it's just a testicle. <laughs> Selena's curled up in a ball, like a, like a little prostate. Okay, prostrate on the floor. Or at the monster, a tall, sinewy thing, but definitely not human. Not with those unnaturally long fingers, tipped with claws, white skin that looked like crumpled paper, a distended jaw that revealed fish-like teeth, and those eyes, milky and tinged with blue. Oh, God. So, a.k.a. Naked Slender Man. Yeah. That is a <laughs> good <laughs> fucking <laughs> joke. That is a naked Slender Man. Oh. And then we get this beautiful part where it steps through and obviously Slane is on the floor. She's a prop she's a prostate. So, <laughs> so she's just a testicle. So Fleetfoot has taken that upon himself to stand in front of her and protect her. Which mm. is just so beautiful. And Kale basically has two heartbeats where he takes in his surroundings and then he launches himself at the creature. Obviously at this stage, Selena is a bit concussed. And so she's watching as Dorian uses raw magic to hold the creature away from Kale. The archer then just decides to leg it with the Walking Dead book, which steals any chance at closing the portal. So Kale basically buys them time to flee. He knows he can't win and like he's ready to go but then the creature sees an injured fleet book and thinks take away dinner tonight absolutely oh, oh, my god. God. <laughs> no. oh my god he's just a so, puppy <laughs> so he grabs fleetfoot and this creature's go back at the portal and there's nothing else for Kale to do but follow the creature and fleetfoot through the portal basically Dorian's like, we got to get out of here, Selena. Let's fucking go. Selena and Dorian are running out to go find Archer to get the book so they can close the portal. And Selena's like, actually, I'm not having this. She knocks Dorian out, who is just trying to help, <laughs> and ends up just charging through the portal after Kale and Fleetfoot. And when she gets through the portal, she says Kale is shielding Fleetfoot with his bare hands, and she basically unleashes the monster within herself. Now, I know we have done some giant quotes within this episode, but this one is really needed. I feel zero shame for the amount of quotes. No, no. <laughs> Will they make it through the edit? Unsure. Unsure, but... The moment she burst through the portal, something changed. It was like a fog vanished from her face, her features sharpening, her steps becoming longer and more graceful, and then her ears. Her ears shifted into delicate points. She was between them now, sword raised. She roared revealing elongated canines, and the sound was unlike anything he'd ever heard. There was nothing human in it because she wasn't human, Kale realised, gaping up at her from where he still crouched over Fleetfoot. No, she wasn't human at all. 
Selena was Faye. <gasps> no one is shocked. So FYI, for people who listened to one of our last episodes, we made this weird reference to a moo cow. And I realized because you might be audio only, you didn't see the reason we made that joke. So all of a sudden we're just talking about <laughs> cows. And it makes no sense. Look, But if you had video, you'd see that Ellie described Faye ears as like little, like you're pretending to be a, a cow. cow. To be exact. So that's where that's where that came from. It's also not unusual for a lot of what we say on this podcast to not make sense even with context. So yeah, look, look, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. All right, we are now learning some crucial Selena backstory. So we get this quote: "The demon lunged, and she plummeted into the well of power that was suddenly overflowing inside of her. Magic, savage and unforgiving, erupted out of her, punching into the creature and sending it flying, flame." Years ago, her power had always manifested as some form of fire. Fire noodles. The fire noodle queen. <laughs> and remember, we've got fire and ice, our ice skating duo. So more roars echo in the distance. So she tells Kale to run, despite the fact that he is clearly shooting himself. Selena then channels her magic through Damaris slash Gavin and rips open a hole in the ground. She collapses and Kale pulls her through. He tells her to close the portal, but she is too drained. But guess who's not? Iceman Dorian. He's here. Magic fingers. Selena walks Dorian through how to close the portal, and they successfully close it. But then, before they can enjoy the moment, Selena remembers Archer, and she just gets on up and chases after him. She's like, I might not have magic, but I definitely still have these fucking assassin hands, and I'm going to fuck this motherfucker up. I will, in fact, throw <laughs> hands. She will. Throw um, hands. So, Selena is feeling a lot better because, like, the magic healed her when she was over the other side of that portal, and she's just, like, fueled by violence and, like, her need for vengeance at this stage. So that's fine. It seems completely healthy. She thinks about how she is going to take Archer apart slowly, and she thinks, I know what you are, he'd said. She didn't know what Arabin had told him about her heritage, but Archer had no idea what sort of darkness lurked inside her or what sort of monster she was willing to become in order to make things right. She ends up finding Archer trapped as he hasn't been able to open a gate, and that's funny. just funny. <laughs> but reminder that Archer is at full strength here and is holding Selena at bay when he makes the worst mistake of his life. Selena is saying how she will never let men like him get to power, and Archer decides to go full villain monologue. And we get this. Oh, once my men start working on you, you'll soon change your mind. Rourke Farron was a client of mine before he was killed, that is. You remember Farron, don't you? He had a special love for pain. He told me that torturing Sam Cortland was the most fun he had ever had. Obviously, that's a big fucking no. So Selena goes full assassin mode and gets the upper hand and puts a knife to his throat. But then she decides to follow Nehemia's advice and spare him to not let the light go out. And I'm like, fuck that light. Douse that light. Yeah, let fuck this motherfucker. But you know, it's fine. Except then Archer says that she's a good woman. And Selena is too traumatized for the words of praise. So she says, no, I'm not, she said. Then she moved too fast for him to stand a chance. Archer's eyes went wide as she slid the dagger home, jamming it up into his heart. He sagged in her arms. She brought her mouth to his ear, holding him upright with one hand and twisting the dagger with the other, she whispered. But Nehemia was. Yikes. 
big yikes. But from the shadows, Kale has just watched all of this happen and is having like a slight mental breakdown. And <laughs> um, we get this quote. She closed her eyes, tilting her head back as she took a long breath, as if she were embracing the death before her and the stain it left as payment for her vengeance. Good. That's great. Awesome. See, seems like a super healthy yeah. response, but that's so, fine. No worries, that's fine. Kale and Selena make eye contact, and he wonders if she's going to kill him now because she's obviously just this crazed killer, obviously. Yeah. It's not no. like he was in love with her and ready to, like, leave his life behind for her. Um, but she doesn't obviously kill him, and instead she basically says that she owes him an explanation, which, I mean, that's fair. They get to a healer. Well, basically a healer attends to Dorian or whoever's rooms, and Selena just basically dismisses Dorian for a moment. She's like, just hold on, I need to just speak with my ex-lover, and my dog is really stressed, so I'm really sorry, Dorian. I know that you're really sweet, but you've got to take a back seat. You are the weakest are. link. Goodbye. <laughs> and we get this quote. But even as he walked out of the dining room, part of him realised that his magic, that he was the least of their concerns. Because even from that first day in Endovia, this had always been about them. Why, yes, it has been, Dorian. It's glad, I'm glad you're finally here and yeah, to the book. Yeah. It's only taken two books, but that's fine. That's all right. Well, Selena then cleans herself up. She has healed because when she turned into that fake out, she healed herself. She then tells Kale that her great-grandmother was Fae and that she can shift between a human form and a Fae form. She used to lose control and shift when she was young, and she explains everything to Kale about the portals, the passages, the tomb, Cain and his ejaculating, everything except the word keys, the king and his experiments. Kale promises not to say a word. Selena tells Kale that Archer was the one behind Nehemia's death and the threat to her life. She does, however, say that although she knows Kale is not responsible, she still cannot trust him. She apologizes for what she did to Kale, but does not think she can forget that. He goes to say something and she tells him to stop. She can't give him everything, not again, which is just like, oh, but I want him, her too. But then I also don't. I'm very conflicted in this moment. Mm. She leaves Kale to digest it all and goes to prepare Archer's body for the king. And now we're in Kale's point. It's a casual Saturday night. Oh, my God. They've just they've had a time on this day. But Kale could tell that she left out some details. But it was still enough that he knows he needs to work through it. Because it's like, well, <laughs> no fucking shit. You just saw her become like this weird magic elf. So It's been a big night, mate. You probably do need to process yeah. for a moment. Despite everything with Selena's heritage, Kale decides she needs to be safe. He goes to his father and asks a favour. His support to send the champion overseas. And it's kind of like, Kale, I think you're overstepping the mark by doing this. Yeah. But that's okay. Your heart is in the right place. So it essentially means that if his father supports him, he will return to anal. <laughs> and his father is like, yes, that is a great plan. Yikes. So we skip to the next chapter and Selena tells Dorian a more limited version of what she told Kale. And he's quite, quite calm about it, actually. And we get this quote. Even though things are different between us now, I meant what I said after the duel with Cain. I will always be grateful that you came into my life. Oh my gosh, I love them. And Selena She's can't help but think that Dorian could be the bright future for the world that Nehemia was dreaming about, depending on if Dorian's father knows that he has magic and or what he does with that information. Yeah, look, fair. It's pretty risky it for Dorian, really. to be honest. 
Mm. It's a lot of stress. And then speaking of stress, we are now in the king's point of view, and he is considering the proposition Kale has made. We find out that Parrington is dealing with a slave uprising in Calcutta, aka that really tragic chapter we got earlier, and the king is wishing that Parrington had been at court to help him investigate who opened a portal last night because he had felt it. Good. The king also knows that someone killed Baba Yellowlegs as Yellowlegs had been invited to the castle to speak with the king so he could discuss the witches and an alliance. But he didn't get the chance because she's dead in the oven. (laughs) In the Ferrian Gap, he's just been breeding new mounts for his gathering armies and he thinks the witches would really like a new ride. So that's fun. Selena is then summoned and Kale is forced to explain to Selena his plan to send her to Wendelin the other continent, to kill the royal family there so that Ardlin can invade. She's wearing her assassin mask, so smiles and says that she thinks it would be an honour to serve the king, but we all know mentally she's like, what the fuck, Kale? <laughs> the king then tells us that he hasn't learnt anything else about the word mark on her head other than the fact that it means nameless or unnamed. And then Selena is basically sent to make a grand message in Wendelin. She has two weeks to kill the entire royal family, which seems yeah. pretty chill. Dorian is not happy about it, but Kale has schemed and had enough votes to get it all done. And we get this quote, but the king wasn't particularly interested in their petty dramas. Not when this brilliant plan had arisen, he'd have to send riders immediately to the Ferian Gap and the Dead Islands and have General Narok ready his legion. He didn't mean to make mistakes with this one chance in Wendelin, and it would be the perfect opportunity to test a few of the weapons he'd been forging in secret all these years. Mm. That's very stressful. So Selena leaves the meeting and is trying to keep her chill, but she's essentially just very, very stressed. She goes to the tomb and Elena comforts her and basically says, yeah, just go to Wendelin, like calm your phone. Yeah, so just to clarify, the real reason why Kale is sending her to Wendelin is because he thinks that's like that's where the Fae are protected. So yeah. that's why he's like, she'll be safe there. He's trying to do the right thing, but he is very much overstepping. And he also, like, he knows that if she doesn't come back, he will most likely be punished. And we know that the king told Selena that if she didn't return from a mission, he would kill And Kale. he would kill Dorian because he's got another heir. Yeah. And Nahim, she, yeah. she's, but she's already dead. dead. Yeah. Oh, dear. Anyway, so as Kale leaves the council meeting, Dorian stops him. They get into an argument about this plan, and Kale has made the stupid decision to try to get Dorian to hate him so that leaving for anal, anal. will be one as hard. He's... he's which is very, very gay of you, Kale. It's very gay. Very, very gay. gay. It's beautiful. Not about the anal, but the rest of it is. So before <laughs> Selena sets sail, she visits Nehemia's grave and we get this quote. Then she said the words she wanted to say to Nehemia last night. The words that she should have said from the beginning. Words that wouldn't change no matter what she'd learnt about Nehemia's death. I want you to know, she whispered to the wind, to the earth, to the body far beneath her, that you were right. You were right, I am a coward, and I have been running for so long that I've forgotten what it is to stand and fight. She bowed deeper, putting her forehead against the dirt. But I promise, she breathed into the soil, I promise that I will stop you. I promise that I will never forgive, never forget what they did to you. I promise that I will free you away. I promise that I will see your father's crown restored to his head. And then she proceeds to make a blood oath. And it's just, it's very reminiscent of Nevernight in this moment, and... 
Oh my god, it's all the feels. Yeah, like the never forgive, never forget. It's just a never flinch in there that's missing, yeah, that's and then we're fine. Yeah. Shout out to Never Night by Jack Crystal. <laughs> Hell yeah. So Selena asks Dorian to look after Fleetfoot while she's gone, and we get this really beautiful quote which says, He took all of two steps toward the door before she spoke. The word soft and strained. Thank you for all that you have done for me, Dorian. Thank you for being my friend for not being like the others. He paused, turning to face her. She kept her chin high, but her eyes were gleaming. I'll come back, she said quietly. I'll come back for you. And he knew that there was more that she wasn't saying, some bigger meaning behind those words, but Dorian still believed her. Oh. Next minute, Selena is at the docks ready to leave on her secrecy assassin mission. <gasps> I didn't even words there, but that's fine. <laughs> You're like, fuck it, fuck we're it. keeping it in. Um, when Kale appears, like a stale lettuce leaf floating oh. in the wind, and she understands why he is sending her away, and she goes, well, you know, I should probably tell you everything, like actually everything, because if I die, you really need to know what's happening. Kale is understandably shocked by these developments, as you would be. And we get this quote. Because I know, again, we've, we're giving you so many quotes, but just shut up and take it. Kale was just staring at her, such grief and fear in his eyes that speech failed her. And then she did the most reckless thing she'd ever done in her life. She stood on her toes and whispered the words into his ears, the words that would make him understand why it was so important to her and what it meant when she said she would return and he would hate her forever for it once he understood. What does that mean, he demanded. She smiled sadly. You'll figure it out. And when you do, she shook her head, knowing she shouldn't say it, but doing it anyways. When you do, I want you to remember that it wouldn't have made any difference to me. It's never made any difference to me when it came to you. I'd still pick you. I'll always pick you. Oh. Kayla's like, I love you. And she's like, sorry. <laughs> it's <Goodbye>. so sad. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh. After that's she just has finished telling and him she, that she would choose him, she's like, sorry. She's like, I'll always pick you. He's like, I love you. And she's like, actually, no. <laughs> I reject that statement. That's- that's too much redacted. So she gets on a ship and sets sail. Well, Cal, understandably after that, is like, what the fuck did she mean? She had told him a month and a day. It was the day her parents died. He's digesting a whole lot of information, so he goes up to her room to snoop. Basically, he's starting to put things together. He's like, oh, fuck. Oh, shit. And then we get this quote. He turned back to the Chronicle still lying open and turned to the next day. Aelin Galathinius, heir to the throne of Terrison, died today or sometime in the night before help could reach her deceased parents' estate. The assassin who had missed the night before had returned. Her body had still not been found, though some believe it was thrown into the river behind her parents' house. Isn't that very interesting? interesting. And then finally... He finds a poem, Ash River Eyes, the fairest eyes from legends old, of brightest blue ringed with gold. Bright blue eyes ringed with gold. And then we end the book with this fucking whopper. Ready? A strangled cry came out of him. How many times had he looked into those eyes? How many times had he seen her avert her gaze, that one bit of proof she couldn't hide from the king? Selena Sardothian wasn't in league with Aelin Ashriver Galathinius. Selena Sardothian was Aelin Ashriver Galathinius, 
heir to the throne and rightful queen of Terrison. Oh, man. Fucking shook. The first time I read this book, I remember literally being like, you motherfucker. Oh, my fucking God. And I ran to Air of Fire. Oh, I ran. That's like that's where you leave the second book in the series. And you're like, holy shit. What the actual yeah. Why would you do that to a She has another name. Just more. More. She's delightful. So many names. She has King's so Champion. many names. Adeline's Assassin. Selena Sardothian. Lillian Gordana. Aelin Ashrava Galathinius. There's more. She ends up with like, like 60 six names. Or names. Oh, great. She just keeps going. Well, that's the end of book two, everyone. For music references this week, I've actually got a playlist for you. It is, believe it or not, called Crown of Midnight. Oh. And it is by Ink Shelves. So just have that one on the back in the background while you're reading. Amazing. Thanks, Good Ellie. work, Ellie. You are welcome. So for fan art for book two, we've got AJN underscore art, which is Selena reading with Fleetfoot in Rifthold. Then we've got Nehemia by MFT Fernandez. We've got a Dorian and Kale by underscore Alex underscore Oxy underscore. Then by My Hope Art, we have a gorgeous one of Selena. Then we've got a person whose art is going to pop up a lot for this series. Her name is Ink Fay Art. So she's done a Selena and Kale where it's very cute. It's like so in love. And then we've got the OG trio being Dorian, Kale and Selena by Colour Anomaly. And then a person that we will get a whole bunch in this series is Melon Draws on Instagram. And she has done a Selena and Nehemia artwork that is just cute as fucking shit. Well, you know what's coming next, y'all? It's Air of Fire. And yes, this will be done in two parts. It might even be done in three parts if we're recording it this fucking long because this alone has also taken three hours, this recording. So we'll see how we go. I think actually being sober makes it It does, hard. honestly. It must. And then after a fire, we're taking a little bit of a break and we're coming to you with a special book. It's one of my smart busters. You know what it's like. We got The Never King. It's by Nikki, Nikki St. Crow. Is that who it's by? Yeah, Nikki St. Yes. Crow, The Never King. And for that episode, we're actually having a special guest. And you shall not guess who it will be. It will be a surprise. <laughs> but you know the drill. Go like, follow, subscribe. If you haven't already listened to the first episode, I don't know what you've done, but go listen to the first lot of this. I don't know why you're here if you haven't already listened to that. But fucking <laughs> listen to it. And, you know, we do apologise for the quality of our first ever videos. If you're new to this podcast, the first ever... Oh, we, yeah. We're re-listening at we're the moment. We're in the re-listening to some of the first ones. And, oh, my God, we are truly are sorry. So if you're listening... Just know that the quality has gotten so much better and we are appreciating you. So if much you are better. still here with us, we love you. And if you're new, then just yes. maybe don't listen to those. Maybe we'll redo the Akatars. I feel like we'll do we Akatar yeah. again. Yeah. Ne- when the next book comes out, we'll, we'll do, do a Akatar. full recap. Good. Okay. Good, good, good. But anyway, yeah. yes, go like, follow, subscribe. We've got YouTube. We're on Spotify. We're on Amazon Music. We're on Google Play. We're on fucking Apple. We're on. We're everywhere. We're, everywhere. We're, like, We're like a, a bad terrible, rash. Beautiful, <laughs> hilarious, drunk rash. All up in yep, your crevices. It. So, yes, please tune in next week. That's all.